Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Good morning, friends. It's a great privilege to be here, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be with you this morning and to share uh, what we do in Ghana. I am so, so happy to be with you. I feel at home, just feeling the love and warmth of you people here. Thank you so much. Today, I want to share with you um, something just like similar to what they have, the, the quotes we read, so powerful, I was having chills all down me when I was just reading some of those quotes. So that is what we are about, going out into missions. And uh, um, we just get, 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 uh, get a start. Today's mission challenge. Is reaching the least of the reached. Thank you. That's our mission challenge today. And uh, let's get some ideas. Yes, we've got something to shout about. More people have been reached for Christ the past hundred years than have been reached in all of history. Praise God for that. That is good. But the task isn't finished. There's still much to do. You know, look at these figures. 4,000 languages with no oral or written scripture. They just don't have anything. 3,000 people groups. That's 3,000 nations, as the Bible calls it, with no missionary. Nobody is there. 2 million neighborhoods and villages with no church. And 3.5 billion Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus without Christ. I think when we talk about Muslims, Americans, some, most Americans don't like it. They will say, go to hell. But you know, the sure and better way of getting them out of their wickedness is loving them to Christ. Now, let's look at a 1040 window. I happen to live within that window, just at the lower branch of the 1040 window. I think we know what it's all about. Yeah, this is the, an area of the world all ac- across the northern part of West Africa and throughout the northern part of Africa to Europe and all these uh, nations you see, India and is the place where the people 
are not reached. Where we have all these numbers are coming from these areas. It's, I don't know why, but it's just cut out, surprisingly. But this was, um, you look at Europe, Europe was one of the places that uh, Paul started ministry. But it's now overtaken by Islam. You come down to Africa. We are closing in on home. And I live in Ghana. West Africa is circled around there. But I live in Ghana. And uh, in the northwestern, upper west region of Ghana. Which is, oh, I'm not there. Yep. Down to Ghana, yes. Upper west region is the top left corner. That's the region I come from. And my city is circled. Now, if you read the statistics of Ghana, they will tell you that about 66% of Ghana is Christian. But most of it is below the line. It's in the southern part. That is because when, when the missionaries came, they were engaged with the people in the south because they came through the sea. And uh, also because to reach the north is very difficult. The routes are terrible. So people don't go there. And so Islam started moving downwards and closing in. And so the half of Ghana towards the north is mostly Muslims. You will start from the south and you will see churches, in fact, and so mocks, but a few mocks. But as you go towards the north, all that you can see from village to village is mosque. Any good house there is a mosque. So how are we going to reach them? I tell you my own journey. I got saved in 1986 and in 1989 I enrolled in the Bible school. And uh, 1988, sorry. And in 1989, I felt called to reach out, knowing little, nothing at all, just going through orientation and other non-biblical related subjects. But I, I saw the influence of idol worship that was closing in on my parents at my father's family village. I decided to go out there, hoping to establish a church, and then to get my parents saved from idol worship. It worked. God did it. It's, it's so surprising. I, I believe, and so when people, when people say, I can't do it, I don't agree with that. Just make yourself available. Well, I didn't know much, and yet I remember clearly Sometimes I will struggle over the night to scribble down something I'm going to teach the people or preach to them. On Saturday, on my bicycle, riding 24 miles, God talks to me. God would change the whole thing. God will bring ideas to me, and that is what I'm going to tell the people. I went and told them, and they were growing phenomenally. So I... Planted a church in Qatar, that was the first church in 89. And before I realized, two years later, we had started another one. And by 94, we have our third and fourth churches. And so we had many churches going on. 
And uh, many disciples were raised. But remember, this not, uh, I was not ministering to people who could read and write. So it was not very easy. They were all illiterate people, peasant farmers, not much resources. And yet God was able to raise young men and women to go out and do what I was doing. Anyway, let me thank, thank, thank you people for your love. This is from uh, Junior. He gave me this. It's not from Ghana. <laughs> so I'm wearing it and I just touched it. I forgot it. I'll have to see it before I go. I love it so much. So, well, that's what I did until 2003. Um, I met John. I met him because uh, one man from America here, um, he came with Young Leaders International and they came to our region. And uh, there they courted me in and I was teaching. So traveling all around Ghana, uh, teaching the youth how to draw closer to God, hear from, his, from him, and uh, how to, to love your neighbor and do incarnational evangelism and also raise disciples, which I was already doing anyway. So it added on to, to me. And then we met me in, in Kumasi one day when he came and asked, Albert, tell me, what do you do in your ministry? He said, well, I go out to the villages where there's no church and I preach the gospel. So when people believe, then we start a church. Then he said, ah, do you know what you're doing? I said, no. That you are doing what the Apostle Paul did. And this morning somebody just told me that. It clicked. I said, oh. That is my normal life. I'm doing it because God has put the burden on me to do. So I didn't know whether I was doing somebody's work or, you know, (laughs) I was just doing our best work. Amen. And so he decided he's going to be part of that ministry in 2003. And since 2003, he's been coming, supporting, encouraging, and uh, helping us resources to reach the people. We've been doing this until three... um, uh, years ago that we realized the people that we were reaching were receptive people groups. They were the Dagaba, they were the uh, Brifo people, and they were the uh, uh, the Lubi the people. But the Wala people, they are very difficult to reach. The Wala people don't want you know, Christ, because they believe that they are born Muslims. So, three years ago, we did the Joshua training. And there, we realized that God's mandate for us, when he says preach the gospel to all nations, is to go to people groups, especially those who have not heard at all. Because all missionary works and all missionary contributions go to places where churches for the presence of Christ is, and which is not good, but that is where we are pouring resources. It's just like recycling. But we need to go to fresh lands because the end will not come until all have opportunity to hear. So we, just, we took up the Wala people. I am living among the Wala people. I understand their language. 
And so we took that as a project. And the Wala people are about 174 is the figure here, but they are more than that. I can tell you when they were counting, they didn't count all. Yeah, they didn't count my family and many families I knew around. So my guess would be about over 200,000 people uh, in this tribe. They are traditional resistance to the gospel because, like I told you, they believe they, are, they were born Muslims and they are predominantly illiterate. Except for now, the young ones who are attending school. All by age and uh, above are illiterate. And even some young ones have, don't have the opportunity to go to school. So, what is our strategy? In the resistant village, we go there with the love of Jesus, trying to build friendships. And so, any person who accepts our friendship becomes our man or woman of peace, through whom we can enter the village. And so, we begin to tell uh, Bible stories, because they don't have any literature. They can't read, even if they have it. They don't have the scriptures. So, we share Bible stories. And they love stories. Everyone loves stories. So, and uh, when we share the story, you ask questions about the story. What do you like from the story? What don't you like? And uh, what about man? What character of man or Satan do you see in the story? What character of God do you see in the story? And lastly, what lesson do you draw from this story? So that will change your life this week. We want to be very specific. And when you tell a story, you tell it two or three times, give the people the opportunity to also uh, repeat it. And others are allowed to chip in and say, no, you added this which was not said, or you didn't add this, so that we will have an accurate story going around. Then we ask the questions. And, um, but in all things, we just love them. Just love them. Because if you go to the Wala people who think they are Muslims, they are not the radical Muslims. But they don't want you to come and talk about Jesus being the son of God. Because they, they think that is heresy, according to their Quran. Because their Quranic uh, lecturers teach them wrong things about Christianity, wrong things about our Bible. What they see on TV, like the other story, how I felt that, you know, we, we see movies and Americans shooting people. So that is what, that's what we know. That's, what, that's, what, that's the perception out there. And so the Muslims, when they see um, America voting for homosexualism, voting for any other thing, um, like abortions and other things, they teach their people. Look at them, the people of the book, the West. This is what they are teaching. Is that what you want? Is that the kind of God you want to follow that will kill unborn babies? So it makes the work hard for us out there. So I encourage you to fight for, you know, some of these things. So we just have to love them and then gain access to their hearts and change their perception with the stories in our own lives. How can I help? Pray. 
pray. We need extravagant prayers. We just need, I don't know how to call it, radical prayers. Shout, wail, seek, knock all the time for these people. Don't forget, when you cut below the skin, the fluid that will come out is the same fluid that runs in you. In fact, when you need transfusion, they can take their blood and place in yours and it works because we are all from one place. Pray for them. Send people out. If you can't go, send people out. You'll be doing your father's kingdom work. Go yourself. And I assure you, if you go to where it really matters, where there's no church, where the people are ignorant about salvation that God has provided through Jesus Christ, your life will be changed dramatically. That is what happened to John Latimer. He was afraid of going to, you know, afraid of saying yes to God because he was sent him to Africa. And when he came to Africa, he's always loved to be there. In a year, he would visit us three, four, five times. So, he loved the place and he loved the people because they are lovely. Thank you so much for giving me your ears. And may God richly bless this church. Let me add my personal word. You know, I minister to churches that are not big. But despise not small things, little things. Let each one of us go around our neighbors. They are there. They are unchurched. Love them. It's the same thing. Begin from your Jerusalem. Just love them. Invite them to maybe your small groups. Invite them to church. Sometimes they feel ashamed to come to church. But they will want to come to your home. Invite the Muslims around you to come to your house. Love them. They are nice people. When they are treated well, they are just human beings like us. And you will be an instrument of change. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.